Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we will be joined by former Gators wide receiver and SEC analyst Chris Doring to get his thoughts on this Florida Gator football team, their performance at LSU, and what he thinks of Dan Mullen's offense through the first year and a half. And we'll also bring you some comments from Florida co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy and quarterback Emory Jones. Both of them met with the media on Tuesday and discussed where things are at with the offense. But let's kick off this show with my conversation with Chris. He had some really insightful things to say about Florida's offensive unit and what he's seen from the quarterback position and the wide receivers this season. All right, we're now joined by Gator great Chris Doring from the SEC Network. Chris, let's start off this thing talking about the LSU game. Obviously not the result that Florida wanted, but when you look at that Gators offense with Kyle Trask making his first career start, just what do you think about what that unit was able to do in Death Valley? Man, I was really impressed. You know, I I thought one of my concerns heading into the game was Florida's ability to drive the football consistently. You know, if you you look at the Auburn game, the longest – drive they had was a 10-play drive. I think it went about 51 yards. Emory Jones was the quarterback after Trask went down. They ended up kicking a field goal. But the way that that they've been scoring a lot of points in that Auburn game and in the series was through big plays. You know, Dan Mullen had done a nice job of creating um, mismatches and formations that that fit, you know, his his team's advantage. And so I thought that Florida's only hope offensively offensively was to be able to, to create those same sort of big explosive plays. And really, you know, I saw them do a much better job of, of being patient and staying with the run, which created some some opportunities to where they had some success running the football. And then, you know, I, I thought Kyle Trask did a great job of, of, of throwing the football all night long, particularly on third down. Um, nice, nice way to move the chains. And, and, and it, looked, it felt like the offense had as much rhythm as, I, as I've seen it have in a long time. And, um, you know, credit Kyle for, for one, understanding – the offense and know where to go with the football but two you know I saw I saw guys you know Kyle Pitts was clearly a, a target early in the game he was you know they did a nice job of creating some mismatches with him all along uh Van Jefferson had a great start to the second half uh, up against maybe one of the best corners in the country he was eating uh Derek Singley Jr.'s lunch so it was uh it was fun to see everybody kind of getting into the getting into the, the mix a little, and I think that's what it, it should be. The offense is tough. One of the reasons why our offenses at Florida were tough to defend was you had so many different options to go to. You know, it wasn't just force-feeding one guy. It was spreading it around, taking advantage of opportunities that the defense allows you to, to take, and, and Kyle seems like he does a good job of understanding, you know, what he's seeing as a pre-snap read and then what they're, maybe what they're taking away after the snap and, and, and delivering the ball accordingly. We're now a year and a half into this Dan Mullen regime, Chris, and he's been able to fix Florida's offense and get some production from the quarterback position, and not just from one guy, but from three different quarterbacks. Just what do you think about the way that he has been able to repair that side of the ball over the last year and a half? Yeah, I've been, I've been really impressed. Um, you know, I, I think he's even exceeded my expectation level. You know, I go back and look at that LS, or excuse me, the, um, the Mississippi State game last year. That was a huge disadvantage that Florida's offensive line had going up against probably the best defensive line in the entire country. They game plan accordingly. They use a bunch of the 
the uh, the short passing game, the the tunnel screens, the bubble screens to negate not only negate negate the advantage that they had in terms of rushing the quarterback, but forcing those defensive linemen to kind of rush sideline to sideline and, and wear themselves out to where in the third and fourth quarters they ran the ball more traditionally right at them because because they had been fatigued. So I love what he does in terms of game planning specifically. You go back and look at LSU last year. They broke out the speed option a couple times, knowing that they were going to have trouble with some of the uh, the defensive linemen, the ends for, for LSU. I think the game plans these guys put together and the halftime adjustments are amongst the best that I've seen in a long time. And, and they, they truly are really good X's and O's staff, in my opinion. Now, the Gators are matched up with South Carolina this weekend and former UF coach Will Muschamp. And, Chris, that's kind of when Florida's offensive problems started. Then they brought in Jim McElwain with his offensive reputation, and he wasn't able to fix that side of the ball either. What is it about Dan Mullen and his system that has allowed him to turn things around and separate himself from his predecessors? You know, I, I think all the time, dating back to my days at Florida, people would talk about us being products of the system. But I, I think that, that what Coach Furrier did was found, found ways that, that he could utilize each of our individual skills to fit into that system. So I, I think there's always a match between you know, the system and the players. And I, I think this coaching staff, Dan Mullen particularly, they do a nice job of, of playing to the strengths of the personnel on the roster and putting them in positions to be successful. And, and, and I think it's, it's paid dividends. And I think it's also – it's created a confidence in the players that, that wasn't there before. You know, I, I look at the confidence that grew last year after those road win, the road win against Mississippi State and beating LSU at home. I look at the confidence that's, that's going to come from going to Baton Rouge and having the success that they did in the game on Saturday night. I don't believe in moral victories, but I think that's going to be a big boost for Florida's season, you know, producing the way they did offensively. And it really comes down to, in my opinion, Dan – understanding, knowing what he has, knowing what the strengths and deficiencies are of the guys on his roster, and then playing to those strengths, putting them in positions to be successful. And um, he certainly does that as well as any coach in, in college right now. We're speaking with former Gators wide receiver Chris Storing of the SEC Network. Chris, when you look at Florida's quarterback position, a lot of fans held their breath this season when Felipe Franks went down with that season-ending injury. Kyle Trask steps in as a career backup and has been able to keep it humming. What do you think about the job number 11 has been able to do taking over as Florida starter and also Brian Johnson and Dan Mullen getting him prepared for this opportunity? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think we have to make sure we acknowledge up front is the commitment that Kyle Trask has had to staying in the program, to trusting that he was going to get his opportunity, to have been okay with the idea that he was going to be a, a career backup. Um, there's not a lot. You look across this, this conference right now, there's not a lot of teams that have the quality uh, of, of the quarterbacks that, that Florida fortunately had as, as their number two guy. And um, I, I think that's first and foremost. Secondly, you know, I, I think that – you go back and look at, at what the way that, that when Kyle went down uh, against LSU, or excuse me, against Auburn, you know, Emory Jones came in. They, they shifted all of a sudden. They were running some, some RPO stuff. They ran some zone read stuff. Um, they ran some traditional drop, drop back where Emory completed the balls over the middle of the field. That You could tell that they immediately shifted into plays that fit what not only Emory does well, but that fit his eye a little bit better. And he had success doing it. So um, these guys know the quarterback position. 
I've talked to, to Dan uh, in the past about how they, they throw everything at these quarterbacks uh, during spring and in summer camp, and then they slowly kind of narrow things down. With input from the quarterbacks, that's what they like the best, what they feel most comfortable with. I think that genuinely um, helps them be successful. Rather than trying to fit that, that square peg into the round hole, they're, uh, they're trying to switch things up and, and do things. It only makes sense. I mean, that's, that's what a coach's job is is to kind of tailor an offense or a defense around the skill set that they have on on that side of the ball. And I think that, um, you know, Dan and and, and Brian Johnson have done a great job in in making everybody aware of of what the offense, how the offense runs, what what the important components are, and then getting input from them as to what they feel most comfortable with and, and utilizing that in the play calling. Speaking of the passing game, the wide receiver position, your spot, Chris, it came into the season with a lot of hype and expectations. People were calling it the best group in over a decade. And so far, these receivers have lived up to it. They had a big performance against LSU, and they've had some other big games throughout the season. Just what do you think about how that position group has come along and the job Billy Gonzalez has done developing some of those players? Yeah, I think, first of all, Billy reminds me a lot of of my coach, Dwayne Dixon, uh, played the position understands the nuances of it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys that, that coaching coaches just move to the receiver position more as babysitters and, and don't necessarily understand how to teach the little nuances. So uh, Billy clearly knows, having played it himself, um, you look at the attention to detail. Uh, I've, I've seen these guys improve their route running, their releases against press coverage, see them improve at the top of their routes, being able to get in and out of breaks. Uh, no wasted steps. Uh, I think, you know, even even over last year, I think there's been a, a, a big growth in terms of, of understanding the position and, and playing the position better this year than there was last year, and that's clearly an influence from uh, more comfort in the in the system for these guys and also more the influence that, that Billy Gonzalez has had on them. So I, I love the fact that, that you can rotate as many guys through as, as Florida's able to do and there's not much drop-off. And also that, that – you know, they again. I mentioned it earlier. They don't have to try to feed one or two guys. You know, it, it, one game it can be Van Jefferson. Another it can be Trayvon Grimes. Another can be Josh Hammond. I mean, you look at what Hammond's done this year. I didn't. I never thought he was an explosive receiver. I thought he was more of a possession type guy. And you look at he's had a couple of the biggest plays of Florida's offensive season between the long one against Miami and the the, the big jet sweep run against Kentucky to seal it. Um, so clearly. Those guys understand what they have. As I talked about at the quarterback spot, they understand the strengths of their receivers. All right, final question for you, Chris. The Gators take their show on the road this weekend to South Carolina. The Gamecocks are coming off a huge. The Gamecocks are coming off a huge upset win in Athens to beat the Bulldog. Will Muschamp takes down his alma mater and his former teammate. Two-part question: What do you think of the job that he's done so far at South Carolina? And two. What do you think Muschamp maybe learned from his experience at Florida that has helped him have success with the Gamecocks? Well, first of all, I'm a big Will Muschamp fan. I think South Carolina is extremely lucky to have gotten him. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people, uh, at least there were some grumblings around the program that felt like uh, they weren't seeing the return on the investment, but uh, that obviously has changed versus what they did on Saturday, um, going out there and knocking off the number three team in the country. He's got those guys believing. And it was just three weeks ago, they were in Columbia, Missouri. They got beat by 20 points by the Missouri Tigers. They were one and three, and folks thought their season was going nowhere. But he got those guys to believe. They went out and dominated Kentucky on the lines of scrimmage. They went into Sanford Stadium and knocked off 
Georgia. And now I really feel like this is a, it's, it's a lot of momentum that they've created from nowhere. And that's a credit to Will Muschamp um, in terms of, of being able to motivate and more so being able to put those guys in positions to be successful. I go back and look at that defensive tape, the game plan that, that, that T. Rob and, and uh, Coach Muschamp put together for stopping Georgia was, was, was tremendous. I mean, they were able to get pressure up front with their front four. Uh, they were able to get an extra guy down a lot to run support because they, they had confidence in their, their corners and safeties to, to cover one-on-one. Every time I, I look downfield in a, one of the uh, Georgia passing attempts, every red jersey, jersey blanketed by a, by a white South Carolina jersey. So I, I thought that they really used his, his personnel well, understood what um, what, what uh, James Coley was trying to do offensively, and, uh, and did a great job of making them earn it. Uh, they, they, they ran 80-something plays. Um, there was only one explosive play over 20 yards. The longest run of the day was 14 yards, and that was in a two-minute situation. They missed five tackles. So these, these guys are well-coached. Um, and they seem to be growing in confidence over the last couple of weeks. Good stuff, Chris. Well, I really appreciate the time and perspective. I know you're really busy this time of year, but you're not too busy to throw on some fancy clothes on SEC Network, right? Yeah, you know what? In terms of uh, losing bets, that wasn't a bad one to lose because it, it ended up being fun. We had a good time with it, and the, uh, the fans, both Gator fans and fans of other schools, seemed to respond pretty well. So if, if that's the worst that Worst I get myself into when it comes to losing a bet, I'm all right with it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, Chris, again, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your week and, and have a good weekend, too. All right, Zach. Thanks, man. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend in a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL Weekly Pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize. So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. Welcome back into the show. It was great catching up with Chris Doring in the last segment. On Tuesday, we got to hear from co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy and quarterback Emory Jones. They talked about Florida's performance against LSU, some of the things that they did well offensively, and some things that they need to work on. Here's what Hevesy had to say about his unit, specifically the offensive line and how he feels like those guys have been progressing with their run blocking. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think we're all coming together, you know, along the way, all five, the tight ends and the running backs are starting to see things. I think that's it's a positive. You're seeing some things in there that are key. There's things we've got to clean up still, too, that just, you know, that we've got to be right on when it, the crucial times, when it's third and one, third and two. We've got to be much of that. Strong. I think we got better this week with that, but we still got even better, better than we were in that down a distance. You guys, second half of last year, really seemed to turn the corner in that regard. And is this group yeah, getting close to that? They're getting there. They're getting there. I think the one thing, again, they're getting more experience. It's still... You can't ever, I can't influx experience into them, but they're getting the game atmosphere. I think that was, I think we did a really good job last week of handling the atmosphere, handling those things, which is a positive thing because we got to go into one this week. So to me, let's, let's keep on the same track of that part of it, of handling the atmosphere, the cadence, all those things, and do that again this week, but still clean up little things technically and fundamentally. What did you think of the offense's performance at LSU? Some things you liked, some things you didn't I think, we, I think we did a lot of good things. We had a lot of good drives. I think the biggest thing that, that, that killed us was the penalty and the, 
whatever it was, the end of the third quarter there that, that got us behind the chains. And again, you can't, and the type of game that was of going back and forth of scoring was, you, it was, you know, who's going to, who's going to bluff? And, and we did, you know, we did with the penalty. Then we, you know, then we had just a, not a good run. And then we came back with the sack and the third down with the environment got, that was the one time I think it kind of got us a little bit, but we, you know, we still had an opportunity to just come back and score again, which to me drive, we just got to, we got to finish. And I think what showed there with us the last play of the game, not making a play. You know, not yeah. making a play when we had to make a play in the last play there to get in the end zone to get his chance to onside kick and try to do it again. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can, we told the kids going out, listen, there's three minutes and 20 seconds left. Let's listen, we got to get one first. We can't get 14 points. We've got to get one. So let's just get down and get seven points, get down there. I mean, we did a good job getting down there. You know, to, we just got to finish. We got to, you know, that probably showed up with just a little bit of an experience with me of finishing that drive off to give herself another opportunity to do it again. For your unit to go blow for blow, almost score for score for most of the game, but the backup quarterback making his first road start, just what does that say about how much progress has been made on offense that you guys? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's any progress. I think it's just everybody, I mean, everyone doing their job. I think when you when you sit in those in those heavyweight fights like that, you're going to throw a blow for blow. And it's just to me is everyone does their job. No one can do anything special. Everyone, yeah. 11 guys in the field. Do your job, and to me, we'll find our way down the field, which we did. We had a bunch of great drives. Got, I think we had three, three and outs. The first series, then the last two, which is the one that I guess the two of the last three in there. Um, but to me, again, it's an expectation everyone has. Everyone's got to be accountable to each other, and I think we're getting there as a, as a unit. Um, but again, we still got to be better to finish those games to win those big games, especially on the road. Now you talked about the offense generally in terms of performing in that environment, but Kyle specifically, what, what kind of growth have you seen? I think, I think all I kept it, I mean, everyone kept their cool. There was no one that was just, when you, you go in those environments, you say, okay, who's going to freak out? You know, which one, uh, you look in the huddle when you go out there and you come back to second series really when you see it, because the first series they come off kind of look in their eyes and you didn't see much, but you know, the second series, like, it's not, it's not bothering them. And they kind of said, well, it's all right. There's nothing there. So you kind of have to, you know, he'd say, not worry about it. But you saw it in their eyes. You saw their demeanor of, okay, it's just people yelling. You know, you try to talk to them all week about, you know, one of those 90, 100,000 people come out of that stand. So just go out there and play. And just block that stuff out. And you got a great focus. I think we get knock on wood. We did do. Now we got to do it again this week. We got to be better this week than we were. John, I know you can't speak to the offensive struggles in the past, but the last year and a half, I mean, this unit just looks night and day as you guys have progressed. Just what do you feel like you and Dan and the staff have done uh, to identify some of those areas of improvements? I don't know. I don't know what they did before. I mean, that'd be bad of me to ever talk about. It. I don't know. Sure. You know what they did, how they did it. To me, it's just it's a matter of kids. Just everything we do, we've always done in the offense. It's just I me mean, uh, teaching the kids to understand the scheme. Understand the scheme, understand your job, understand what's going, what to do, how to do it, and why you're doing it. Yeah. That's what you have to understand to get on the field and play and be successful. You know, and that's to me as you look at if my guys up front, I'll speak to them more than anybody is, is they know what to do, they know how to do it. It's the understanding of the why or the little things to get in those three yard gains from the four yard gains. You know, we gotta keep understanding why is the ball hitting back here, should it be over there? No, yeah. just here's the way the defense is playing, here's where we're playing. So I think once you start learning that, so you always gotta progress through that part of learning. You can't just go out there what to do because I know what to do. I know who to go to. But if I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to be successful doing it. Yeah. So it's constantly teaching, 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 and the, the understanding. Teaching is the biggest thing in this game. Is I have 15 guys, 16 guys in my room. They all learn differently. Yeah. So make sure you teach each individual how to get it and how they get it. And how you learn from how you learn. It's two different things. So make sure you got to get really in their heads of how they're going to learn what you're asking them to do. The South Carolina game last year, you guys down 31-14. Yeah. What clicked with the offense? I, I don't know. We ran the ball. We ran the same play about six times in a row. You know, and it, uh, we did. We uh, copied the play right down the field. So it was, you know, we didn't. I just, I think that was the biggest turning point in our season really last year was we were down, we came back and won that we believed you could come back and win. You know, it's just it's a matter of going and execute what we, we asked to do, and we did. We came back and everyone stepped up.
Florida quarterback Emory Jones also met with reporters. LSU was a big game for him. You saw him throw a touchdown pass and make some key runs against the Tigers. He talked in this interview about how he is more comfortable in Dan Mullen's scheme and likes the way that he's being used with Kyle Trask. I feel good. Um, I feel like I excused the plan that I had. And, um, I mean, now we just on to South Carolina now. We're not really a thing about LSU anymore. How comfortable are you out there now playing? I'm very comfortable out there now. I mean, I've been doing it for like a year and a half now. So, and I do it every day in practice. So, I mean, I'm doing the same thing I'm doing in practice in the game. So, it's nothing like really different. So, I mean, I got the whole playbook last year. But, I mean, I'm just doing what I have to do and um, accepting my role and doing whatever a co needs me to do. Have you gone back and watched any of how Mullen used Chris Lake, Tim Tebow? No, I really haven't, but when Felipe first got hurt, he called me and Kyle in, and he just talked about, like, that duo a lot and, like, how it was for them and how we can do something similar to that. So, yeah, he was just talking about, um, about the duo and how good they were together and how they work together um, as two quarterbacks and how like, we can kind of be something similar to that sometimes. So. so is there any like plans like slowly incorporate more of a passing game when you're on the field or is it more just situational? Um, I don't really know right now. It goes by the week. And sometimes it goes by like like in-game situations. Like he'll just call me like, like whenever he wants to, you know, and call whatever play. I never know like, what I'm going to run before the game. I never know. Like what I'm gonna do, I just I just react off whatever he calls. Did you like that suspense? Yeah, I do actually. He told me, um, like he told me at the beginning of the season, just be ready at any time for every game, prepare like I'm a starter, like we all have, and because he can like just call us at any time, call a number, we just gotta be ready. On Saturday, when I went in the first time, I didn't have my helmet on, I had a headset <laughs> on, and um, yeah, he called me, and I, I really wasn't ready to go to the game actually. But I ran on the field and had to get my helmet right. That's why I was like, messing around with my helmet a lot. But I mean, now I know I got to keep my helmet on uh, at all times. What stands out about South Carolina's defense? What, what you seen them so far? Um, their defense line is massive. They they um, get off the ball real fast, and um, they some of the top B linemen in the uh, league. So I mean, me and Kyle gotta gotta have a clock in the head, get the ball out quick, and you know, just get open. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we had the opportunity to speak with former Gators wide receiver Chris Doring to get his thoughts on this Florida football team and the offense. And we also heard from co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy and quarterback Emory Jones. On tomorrow's show, we'll get some perspective on the Gamecocks and break down this matchup with Hale from 24-7 Sports. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day.